0: Pastor Dave Ogren is going to come. He's also part of our family, Great Commission Media Ministries. Um, And just so you know, we don't give to our missions ministries because we like the people. But we do like Dave. Um, We give because of the ministries that they do. And we're grateful for the relationships as well that make it so much sweeter. But we're going to have a two-minute video from Ukraine, so... so, uh, I know a lot of you have been praying for Ukraine, and we've been hearing different reports from different connections that people have with Ukraine, but we want to hear the special report about what's been happening. Great Commission Media Ministries has been a long time in Russia and also in Ukraine, and so just a latest of what they've been doing there, and then Pastor Dave is going to speak to us. Well, good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be back to Bethel Christian Fellowship. Lots of, lots of wonderful memories here in this church. And uh, you have supported our ministry now for at least 14 years. And it's wonderful month by month by month you stand with us. I appreciate as well uh, the prayer support that I know has increased and I just really appreciate uh, the prayer support of this church for not only our ministry but for others as well. I've got newsletters in the back. Feel free to take take them. They all have to do with what we're doing right now in Ukraine. Um, as, as you saw, Hanu uh, Halka was speaking to a Russian audience, so he was speaking in Russian. Um, he is the founder of our ministry. Uh, s- since 2015, there's been the Russian separatists um, uh, fighting in eastern Ukraine, um, and, and, and some of our people have been there ever since. Um, the Gennady, uh, that, that you saw mentioned there, who has 35 ad- adopted children. M- most of them are, are, are young men that are now actually in the war, fighting in the war. Uh, one of his daughters was actually killed uh, with one of the missiles that hit an apartment complex in Ukraine. Um, and, and so it, it comes, comes close to home. Um, in the sovereignty of God, we, we weren't planning on doing our media campaign this late in Ukraine. We'd we'd done Dar Salaam Tanzania before COVID, and then then our plan was to go to Ukraine. Couldn't because of COVID until December. And so we started in December, and of course the armies were beginning to build already. The Russian armies on the border significantly. And so uh, Mariupol was our call center city. As, as you know, we go in, into a region, we gather churches together. They make a list of 20 to 30 of the best life stories from that region. Then we, do, then we do documentaries on each one of those people's life stories. And we normally do a media campaign for a whole month. So billboards, newspaper ads, all the stuff that you saw. Um, and uh, so, so we started in, in December with the idea that we were going to go from December to January. Um, and, and, and so we started with Mariupol, Slavonovsk, Kramatorsk, and uh, Donetsk. Um, and and th- these are all significant cities in the eastern block of, of Ukraine. Uh, radio, television, life stories uh, every night. Uh, but we saw that the war was, was becoming increasingly... Um, becoming sooner and sooner going to be happening between Russia and, U- and, and Ukraine on a significant basis. And so then we expanded in January to Kharkiv and Odessa and Dnipro and Lviv. And so, and so we began to recognize that we needed to do more. So we went from December to January, January to February. By, by the time February came, we knew we were on the, on, on the verge of, of major war between Ukraine and Russia. So we continued our media campaign into February, but now we moved, instead of just to regional television, now we moved to national television, uh, reaching all 40 million people with our life stories until television was no more in Ukraine. Um, nobody's watching television right now in Ukraine. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, that all stopped our media campaign at that point after three months. We've never done anything like this before. We've never been right in the middle of a war zone before either. Uh, Hanu has been in and out of the country ever since um, because now we're doing humanitarian aid. And, and, and so basically, we've, we've brought over 17 tons of food and water and medical supplies into Ukraine um, from Poland. Um, we, we purchased a couple of Sprinter vans, which are, are the, the large... Uh, cargo-type vans that can actually hold about uh, 20 people. Uh, we've actually been putting up to 40 people in each van uh, and, and ferrying people out of Ukraine into Poland and then bringing supplies in. Uh, we've also now now secured two large buses that we're using as well to do the same. So, um, w- what's unique about what what we're able to do in Ukraine right now is because we have direct connection with the Ukrainian chaplains in the Ukrainian army, and so we're actually able to work with directly with them. They they tell us exactly where uh, supplies are most needed at that very moment, and so uh, strategically we're able to put supplies exactly where they're needed. We have the passwords to, to get through the different checkpoints without being stopped now, and and. Uh, um, so we're, we're very grateful that we're able to kind of do a different kind of ministry than we normally do. We're a seed planting ministry through satellite television into the Middle East and, the, and then through doing 105 cities all over the world through our media campaigns. But, but now we're doing humanitarian aid because that's what we feel that God has put in our hands to do in this season. So thank you for standing with us, for praying for us, for being with us, and uh, uh, just really, really appreciate that. All right. uh, Take your Bibles and turn to Jonah chapter one. Let me move quickly to the Word of God this morning. Jonah chapter one: The word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me." But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. Father, I pray as we spend a little time in your word this morning that you would anoint your word, anoint our hearts to receive your word this morning. Lord, we just uh, take a moment in your presence to prepare our hearts to hear your voice this morning. I pray you'd speak to us by your word, by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Jonah, uh, written probably by Jonah 785 to 760 B.C., long time ago. His name means Dove. He was the son of Amittai. He was raised in a small village called Gath-Hefer, a small village three miles from Nazareth. Uh, his tomb is still in that region. Many, many agree that Jonah actually attended Elisha's school of the prophets. Um, he achieved great national fame in Israel by predicting that Jeroboam II, the son of Joash, would be victorious in a war against Syria. Did anybody know that? Most people don't know that. You see, you might say, well, Ogren, where in the world did you get that? Well, that's 2 Kings chapter 14.23. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria, He reigned 41 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin. He restored the border of Israel (coughs) from the entrance of Hamath as far as the sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which God spoke through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, was of Gath Hefer, So here's this guy, Jonah. <coughs> this young prophet who is significantly used of God in the year 793 B.C. We know exactly when it happened. Overnight, he becomes this popular young prophet who brings a very positive patriotic message that was actually fulfilled. Land is restored to Solomon's kingdom proportions. Commerce expands. International trade flourishes. Syria serves as a buffer against Assyria, the world empire. And Jonah stands in the limelight of all this. It's wonderful. (laughs) Excuse me. So, um, here he is. So, land is recovered to Solomon's proportions. What does that mean? It means that Israel was as large as it ever had been at this point. And at the same time... Uh, warnings are coming to Israel. Uh, Joel warns Israel that destruction is coming. Turn back to God. He's joined by other prophets as well. In order, Amos, Hosea, Micah, and Isaiah all began to prophesy that unless Israel turned back to God, judgment was coming. Obviously, they, they didn't listen. But right now, Israel is living in the glow of victory, possibly for a period of, of, of five years. And one day, uh, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. Thank you so much.
1: Very kind. Thank you.
0: So, the word of the Lord
1: comes to Jonah. And the question is, how did God speak to Jonah? It was obviously very clear.
0: Um, and, and so... We need to ask how God spoke to Jonah. Well, we don't really know (laughs) how God spoke to Jonah because the scripture does not identify the means by which God spoke to Jonah. But we do know this, that God spoke to Jonah in a way that Jonah understood. All right? How many believe God is smarter than you? How many believe God can communicate with you? He can. You can hear the voice of God. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That's Revelation 2 and 3, over and over and over, to all seven churches. Different messages to all seven, but one message is the same. If you have an ear to hear, you will hear the voice of God. Now, uh, as you look back in Scripture, uh, going all the way back to the book of Genesis, it's obvious that God spoke audibly. God spoke audibly to Adam and Eve very clearly, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. God spoke audibly to Noah, Genesis 6. Uh spoke audibly to Abram, Genesis 12. You, obviously, God spoke audibly to Moses in Exodus chapter, chapter 3. Anna, out of the burning bush. And thank God he speaks to children, Samuel um, in 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 1 Samuel chapter 3. So so God, God spoke. Anybody here hear the audible voice of God? Anybody? Yes, yes, a number of you. How many would like to hear the audible voice of God? I, I think we probably all would like to hear the audible voice of God. But some of you have actually heard the audible voice of God. But that's not the only way that God speaks. There's great diversity in the way that God speaks. He goes to Mary in Luke chapter 1, speaks through an angel, the angel Gabriel. Some of you maybe have experienced an angelic encounter. Any, anybody experienced an angel? Yeah, yeah. Wow, Pastor Jim, yeah, very, all right. So some of you have actually seen an angel. How many know they're right here? You might as well wave this morning, say good morning. Angelic realm is right with us. Uh, they've come to minister to us. So, so, so angels are very real, and God can still speak through angels today. God also uh, speaks to us through dreams. Joseph, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 uh, at least four times God spoke to Joseph through dreams. So God, so, so not, not all dreams are pizza dreams, right? Some of them are, are, are God-given dreams. Some of them are demonic dreams as well. You know what to do with a, with a demonic dream? Just wake yourself up and stand against it. It goes away, all right? Because uh, greater is he that is in you and he that is in the world. So, but but, but, there, are, but there, are, there are dreams that come to us. From time to time by God. And then God speaks to us through his word. Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So 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 we can hear God speak to us very clearly through his word. Hebrews 4 talks about the word of God is living and active and sharp and and, and, and discerns between soul and spirit, both bone and marrow. So 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 there's a sense where God speaks to us. So you want to hear God? Go to the Word every day. You can hear the voice of God. And then Hebrews chapter 1 says something interesting. He has spoken to us in the past by his prophets, but now he has spoken to us by his Son. Okay? So, so John chapter 10. My sheep what? My sheep what do what? Hear. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And, and, and so... Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, behold, I stand at the door, knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. How many want to hear the voice of God? You can, every day, regularly. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear God speaking to you. If you will have faith to believe for that, if you will look for that, if you will anticipate that, you will hear the voice of God. Of God speaking to you. Lord we say in our own hearts this morning. Speak Lord just like Samuel did. Speak Lord for your servant is listening. We are listening God. And we say speak. We want to hear your voice. We God there's so many voices out there. There's so much noise out there. That causes that distracts us God. May we turn the noise off. Often and get silent and get quiet so we can hear your voice. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. There probably are some people here this morning, um, and you are right in the middle of major decisions. And you need to hear the voice of God, Maybe, maybe concerning a job change, maybe concerning a location change, maybe a family issue, maybe something. But right now, right now, in your life right now, you need to hear God's voice in a very specific way. If that's you, I just want you to stand. That, that's all. I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm just going to ask you to stand. If you need to hear God's voice right now, just stand. We want to pray for you right, right where you stand. Wonderful. You know what that is? That's an expression of faith. (laughs) Your standing is an expression of faith. God responds to faith.
1: And so right now, Lord, we pray. (laughs) You
0: see these people standing in your presence. And they're saying, I need to hear you, Lord, in a very clear way right now in my life. I need clarity the midst of
1: life decisions, and this morning, I say, speak, Lord, to these people. Individually, personally, wonderfully, may they
0: hear the voice of God. God, may we not be detoured, may we not go down Down roads you don't want us to go down. May May we not misread what you're saying, but may we hear clearly your word to us in our significant moment of need. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: And so today we say, I receive your word into my heart this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. So look for it. It's coming. I will guarantee it. It's coming. Have an ear to hear. So, so Jonah hears the word of God, and he's shocked. You know, God says to him, arise, and I want you to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was one of four cities built by a guy by the name of Nimrod. All right? This is probably one of the oldest cities in the world, probably built about 1800 B.C., okay? Nimrod was Noah's great-grandson. Genesis chapter 10 tells the, the, the whole story of all the cities that Nimrod built. And one of them was Nineveh, ancient city. Um, probably in Jonah's day, it was a city of about 120,000 people. A large city in those days. It was the capital of the Assyrian Empire from 885 to 665 BC. So for 220 years, Nineveh was the capital of the world empire, the big world empire, Assyria. It was a huge city, 50 miles long, had a, had a 30-foot wall that surrounded the city, uh, thick enough so that, so that three chariots could, could uh, march uh, or, or, or could race across the top of the wall at the same time. So, it was an amazing city. But it was a brutal empire that they were the capital of. Israel knew about their brutality. And, and, and they lived under the shadow of Assyria's threatened annihilation, which actually happened in 722 B.C. And so uh, some 40 years later, actually, uh, Israel actually is impacted by the, by the uh, brutal empire of Assyria. And God says to him, "I want you to go there, not to proclaim judgment upon them, but to warn them. They were a feared world empire. They were brutal. Many cities. This is an interesting fact. Many cities in that day actually chose suicide over surrender because the Assyrian empire was so brutal. and And they would take, a, a, when they would take over a city, they would ram sharp, sharp stakes through people's uh, bodies while they were still alive and belay them alive they would cut off their lips and ears and hands and tongues they would force parents to watch their children being buried alive and and so and so they had this horrible horrible reputation almost like the taliban of our day god anywhere but nineveh <laughs> huh anywhere but nineveh you you want me to call a warning you, you want me to sound a trumpet? I, I can't do that. I, there's just no way that I can do what you are saying for me to do. So he makes a decision. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. So Jonah rose to flee to Joppa from the presence of the Lord. The word flee in the Hebrew means to run like you are being chased. So, so, so Jonah actually does a marathon, the 35 miles... From, from Jerusalem to Joppa, and, and, and his intent is to run from the presence of God. How many know that's kind of crazy, all right, you know, but that, that was his intent. Interesting that he went to Joppa, because many, many years later, Acts chapter 10, we see Peter is in the same city, and God actually confronts him with the reality of bringing the gospel to the Gentile world. Well, guess who the first missionary was to the Gentile world? It was a guy by the name of Jonah. Have you ever struggled with doing the will of God? Ever struggled with doing what you knew God was saying clearly? I mean, we all love it when God says, Pastor Jim, I'm going to bless you and keep you and make my face shine upon you. Provide for all... How many like those words? Yeah, we all like that word, you know. Uh, I'm going to give you long life, Pastor Steve, you know. Aren't you grateful that the Lord has restored him? Praise be unto God. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. We we love those kinds of words, but every once in a while, God brings a word to us that is difficult, that is hard, that is not something we want to hear, but we know clearly this is
1: what God is saying.
0: (laughs) Some of you may remember the old chorus that we used to sing, I'll say yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, 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 I'll say yes, Lord. How many know it's easy to say yes, Lord, when it's blessing, when it's provision, when it's when it's when it's all that we want and need. Amen. But every once in a while, God says, This is what I want you to do. And we say, No way, Jose. I cannot. I do not want. Don't ask me to do that. Don't ask me to go there. Ask a hard thing. Some of you are in the middle of making life decisions right now, and it's a hard decision. You know what God has said. But you've been grappling with it. You've been struggling with it. You've been, and God understands that. You've been struggling with doing the will of God. But this morning, here and now, you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and you are saying, I'll say yes. If that's you, I just want you to stand. Just acknowledge it by standing, saying, God has spoken a hard word to me, and I am this morning saying yes to what God is saying. Anybody?
1: Amen. Amen, sister.
0: I think there's others. I'm going to wait just a minute. You're here this morning. And God has spoken clearly. Yes. And you are saying, yes.
1: I will do what God you are calling me to do.
0: Lord, we love it when you come to us with assurance and comfort as you do over and over and over again. But every once in a while, you bring us a Jonah word. It's hard. And it grates against us. And it's not what our flesh wants. It's not what our mind wants. It goes against everything within us. But we know it's you. I thank you, Lord. You're you're proud of every person who has taken a stand this morning and said, God, you've given me a hard word. This morning, I am saying yes to what you want me to do. I yield to your will. I will go where you want me to go. I'll say yes. I'll say yes, even in this season, in Jesus'
1: name, amen, amen, you may be seated. All right,
0: I'm almost done. So Jonah has an itinerary choice, the itinerary choice is Tarshish, um, Nineveh, Nineveh is 500 miles northeast of Israel. Tarshish is at least 2,000 miles in the opposite direction. Most, most think it was probably Spain. Furthest outpost that, that Jonah could think of. And, 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 and Jonah goes to Japan and he goes to the sea coast and he goes down to where all the ships are at. <laughs> and while, while he's there, he's, he's looking at where all the ships are going. And by the way, there is a ship going to Tarshish, of all places. 2,000 miles away. Confirmation. This must be the will of God. How many know there is there is the deception of positive circumstances that contradict the word and the will of God? Eugene Peterson, in his book on Jonah, said this: Why Tarshish? Exotic, exciting, an adventure. Solomon's fleets went there for gold, ivory, monkeys, and peacocks. In Tarshish, I love this. In Tarshish, you can have a religious career without having to deal with God. Well, you know the rest of the story. He, he ends up in the ship and, and, and he's sound asleep and, and, and all of a sudden there's a hurricane out of season and, and, and everybody's kind of, you know, all the sailors are upset. By, by the way, the, the reality is, is our, our stupid decisions impact other people. And it certainly impacted these sailors. And, and they finally wake up Jonah and say, what's going on? You know, what? Are you the cause of this? What's happening? And Jonah spills the beans and tells them all that happened. And then he says something that that none of us would say, I don't think. He said, uh, throw me overboard, and the storm will stop. How many think that's logical? So God must have spoke to him in that moment again. And Jonah (laughs) responds in obedience, even though it was going to cost him probably everything. And, and, and they tried everything, nothing works, and they ends up throwing him overboard, and as you know, the storm stopped. He ends up in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, 98.6 degrees, more humid than you've ever experienced in Minnesota, gastric juices, seaweed, dead fish, and use your imagination. Probably up to here and all this stuff. He says in Jonah chapter 2, when my life was fainting, I remembered the Lord. And I would say, well, Jonah, I would hope so.
1: So did God say, good riddance? Did God say, have a nice trip? Don't want to ever see you again? No. He was just as concerned about Jonah as he was about Nineveh. Bow your heads with me. <coughs>
0: Lord, there's been times in all of our lives when we've made stupid decisions. When we've gone the wrong way. When we thought Tarshish was the answer. When we knew what God wanted us to do and we went the opposite direction. And we paid the price for it. And the enemy would roar in your ear and in my ear, and say, forget about it. It's all over. God will never use you. You've blown it. You've missed it. It is over. It is done. It is finished. But I want to say to you, as God spoke to Jonah again, he will speak to you again. It may not be what it would have been because some of the decisions we make become permanent.
1: But I will guarantee you that if you will humble yourself and come back to what God has for you,
0: He will be merciful. He will reach out. He will touch your life. I want to give somebody hope today. You've gone the wrong direction, <laughs> you've blown it big
1: time. And God is saying to you just come on back.
0: I've got more for you. I've got good for you. I've got mercy for you. I've got grace for you, unmerited favor. I've got mercy for you, compassion that has power. I will still work in your life. I will still move in your life. Lord, I'm praying that for someone in this room this morning. Replace hopelessness with hope.
1: We Replace a sense of emptiness with future.
0: Replaces sense that they stand under the judgment of God to recognizing that God is also a God of mercy if we will humble ourselves. And so today we do. We thank you that as we do, as you've done for me and as you've done for many of us in this room, we heard
1: the voice of God again. This us and I humbly say thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus. Name.